0: Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Levin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast we talk about stammering from all perspectives. Are we talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic? So today's guest is a PhD student and I'm joined by Aisling. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much Will, thanks for having me.
0: That's okay, you're more than welcome. So. (laughs) So, can you just in can you just introduce yourself and tell the viewers what you do for a living?
1: Okay, so my name is Ashling Lacey. I'm twenty three, and I am from a small parish in County Leash, which is in the Midlands of Ireland. I am a certified athletic therapist, and I graduated from Athletic Therapy and Training in DCU in 2020. And I'm currently a PhD student in the school of health and human performance in dcu and with insight which are a science foundation ireland research center for data analytics so what my research is looking into is the biomechanics of running related injuries and um, yeah so that's me
0: <laughs> wow that, that's so cool and what, what's it like so let's so let's talk about your stamina okay. when did you first realize that you had one but also how was it when you were younger
1: mine started when i was about 3 or 4 i think well i don't remember being ever being fluent but from what my parents tell me it started when i was about 3 or 4 um i don't think i was too aware of it when i was young but i suppose my earliest memories of it were probably when i was about 8 or 9 in primary school when i suppose i had to read more in class or i was asked on or or that um and I suppose I I figured out that different situations were more challenging and made me more anxious. And then I would stammer more. So I kind of quickly figured out that if I wasn't put in those situations, I wouldn't stammer. So I started to ask my teachers not to ask me to read or not to call on me. Um, and I suppose that only kind of fueled that avoidance behavior that kind of made my stammer worse really then throughout my teens and into my early 20s. Yeah
0: well like it, it's been really interesting hearing like like we've had some guests where they sort of called it like like a permanent sick like, like public speaking like they never really like like it's so tough like going up in front of the class because you're, you're sort of nervous about presenting but also wearing got double nerve of like our stammer as well uh, mm. especially going up and like because like kids are direct like kids will say what they think and like people would be like like I had kids going what's wrong with your name why can't you say your own voice uh, like they would just would say some quite I mean stuff that I, I don't think sometimes they may have meant that deep of what they meant but like kids yeah. are very very open yeah and, what's your so what has your stamina been like so you live in, in in a small parish what's it like how has your stamina been affected so been affected by living in quite a small parish um
1: I don't know um I suppose I don't know anything different um yeah. like I suppose it wasn't I was I was easily able to avoid it when I was younger and in school but now that I'm older and I'm obviously put into more speaking situations it's much harder to avoid and it takes a lot more you know I put a lot of work into my speech to to try and be articulate and to to be able to control it so those speaking situations are more challenging but are good for my speech because they I think they make it better um, whereas when I was younger and at home, I could easily get out of those situations, you know.
0: Yeah, like it's all type of different size, but like I feel like my crown, like it depending on like how big the crown is, mm. that's different, but also how much I've been so- socialising as well. Because like when I've been at the office all day and I've been talking to people, like the last few days, I, I, so I've had three different events for like an International Summer Awareness Day, I've had... Mm so many like different meetings and like my stamina's been really good but because of how busy it's been I I've, I've been really was really tired. So it was sort of a mixture of being really, really fluent and when I stammered I was stammering quite badly on mm. those times when I was stammering. Do you find that that when you're more like when you use your voice more like in different situations, like do you find your stamina better then when compared to if you've not have that much have that much socializing i
1: think so i think you can kind of warm up
0: <laughs> and
1: yeah. you can yeah i suppose if if you've been talking you the more you talk the better you get at it um but then like you said when you're tired or if you're sick or run down i think that can negatively affect your speech so it's trying to find that balance where you're, your your sweet is warmed up but you're not overworked <laughs> by it
0: yeah, like, lots of people, like, we had one guest called James, he was saying that he, so he was in, like, lots of flights, and he was saying that now, because of, like, lockdown, mm-hmm. and then because of how much rest he's had, like, his stomach's actually been better, because, like, he's realised that from, like, lots of travelling fatigue was, like, affecting his stomach, because of not getting that full rest, which I found really interesting, and it made me realise that maybe, like, because from working from home some days and going mm-hmm. into the office, the days and I'm working from home my stamina is worse than it would be mm-hmm. if I was in the office because I'm not talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I but I'd love to know a time like when you struggled with your stamina but also how you overcame it because like, we get lots of people, like they, they find certain situations really tough, but they don't know how to learn from those situations as well, and like sort of mm. use it to help them. So when, so what situation have you struggled with your stammer? But how did you work to make that stammer better in that situation?
1: I was thinking about this, and I, I had to do a presentation in college. I was in second year of college, and it was around probably February or March, and it was a group presentation, and. There was maybe five of us in the group and i'd say i had to talk for i'd say 90 seconds so it was so short but i got so worked up about it and you know so overwhelmed by it and basically that th- that was a situation that that i felt like i was at a crossroads with my stammer where i could either accept that this is how it was going to be and it was going to be this hard every time or i had to do something about it and I had heard of the Maguire program I don't know if you know anything about the Maguire program but that evening of that presentation I I signed up and I joined the Maguire program and I think I had to reach that point to make that decision for myself though no one else like my mom or my dad couldn't have couldn't have done it for me I had to reach that point um to do it yeah. and I think it like joining the program literally just flipped my perspective of my stammer
0: yeah yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah I like. It definitely see that and like those sort those times when it's it's sometimes the shorter times that are harder than like the longer sentences because like mm. part of the the part of the 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 assessment day my job was like doing a a speed run where you would be going on different assessors in like a meeting room and then you had like two minutes with each assessor and they would answer you a question that you weren't prepared on. And like so I was fine about the questions but the fact was that because of that time frame mm. I had no idea like if a, my answers may may include like stammer for any words like be the, like they knew I said I've got a stammer mm. but it was that all that conscious of thinking don't think about my stammer in that short time frame and like, was talking to to Hayley Hassel who's a BBC presenter and, and she's saying her whole four-hour show she finds like she like she doesn't feel as nervous for her stammer on that front but when she does her 30-minute bulletins for the news when it's a set speech for that time like that set Mm. paragraph that's when when she finds it tougher with her stammer because she can't change those words or Mm. and so how how did the presentation go like was your stammer bad or but did you feel good sort of at the same time after doing the presentation no it was horrific
1: (laughs) no um I think yeah like in 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 my head and my perception of it was that it was it was horrific but I don't know how it was actually you know um but it was it was probably the one thing that pushed me to do something about my speech um so a a positive came from it (laughs) Well at the time I wasn't.
0: <laughs> wow. And then had you had much speech sweet therapy before that?
1: A little bit when I was young. Um so through the HSE, so I think probably the equivalent of the NHS um I went when I was small. Yeah. Probably up up until maybe twelve, I'd say, but nothing <laughs> really
0: really worked for me. So what techniques have you found helpful? your stammer like we all have different techniques that like work for our own stammer so like, nothing works for saying like for every stammer like every stammer is different so what techniques have you found that works for your stammer best?
1: Mm. Um. So when I joined the McGuire program I, I wasn't really aware of the types of stammer and the covert versus the overt and I'm very much a covert stammer so I can hide my stammer really well. And people probably aren't aware of it and don't realize that I stammer. But so I wouldn't I wouldn't have struggled hugely with the physical side of stammering. And I, yes, I would have blocked and had repetitions, but it was more the psychological side of stammering that I think fueled mine. So from joining the program and working on those psychological things and changing my perspective of it. That has really helped with with my stammer and yes i use certain physical techniques and try to control my breathing and use my diaphragm but it was really the psychological understanding the psychological side of stammering that has helped mine
0: mm. yeah and that's really interesting because like i i, I i've got certain like Techniques that work for me in like certain situations like if it's like sometimes yeah. I find hello quite hard so mm. like if it's a especially when it's an unknown number so I may go hi William speaking or that because of some reason but I think you're right like there's I think your brain makes your stomach way more like uh p- prominent than it actually is and yeah. like I've told myself to not put my stomach at the forefront of like a presentation, like don't mm-hmm. think about it because the less you think about it, the less you're likely to stammer more because mm-hmm. it, then if you're nervous and like, because I'm doing lots of like presentations talking about my stammer, I'm like, I don't, because it's an odd comment because I don't, like I'm nervous. Like, I actually want to stammer, but at the same time, like, I'm very conscious about my stammer even more because I'm talking about my stammer because Mm. then I think well if I don't stammer people think oh he's fluent or like then then if I do stammer lots you think people think oh crikey his stammer is quite bad and like you never know like how your brain can switch it on Mm. and that aspect of of, basically of of how every stammer is different and that's One of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was to show that every stammer is different.
1: Yeah. No matter
0: yeah. how severe or how little it is, a so stammer is a stammer, but everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know people with a stammer?
1: My granddad had one, and he would have been the only person in my immediate family. But other really? than that, before I joined the before I joined the Maguire program, I didn't know anyone else.
0: Really. No. No. Like, well, I'm the first person from my family who stammers, mm. and it's really interesting seeing like if it's in like people's families because like like these stats should show like it's really interesting. Like the stats are quite small, however, the, the amount of people who you come across and like oh, now I know someone who stammers. Like my brother stammers, and mm. like, like you feel like you know more people who know people with a stammer than actually people who stammer themselves. But I'd love to talk to you about your studies, which is really interesting. And I found it really interesting when you reached out to me. Could you just tell me a bit more about your research and then then tell the viewers about your studies?
1: okay so this came about I had to do again another presentation in college and this was after I joined the program so one of the things that they try to do after you join the McGuire program is to disclose to people and so trying to break that habit of hiding it and trying to break those feelings of guilt and shame and being more open with your stammer so I had to do a presentation in college and I wanted to disclose to my class and tell them about my stammer but make it kind of natural and organic and not just come out and say it kind of so I thought I'd try find a paper where I looked at stammering and something to do with either injuries or sport or exercise or something and I struggled to find a paper to present on anyway eventually found one and the lecturer at the time, um, Dr. Siobhan O'Connor, she's the lead author on the paper. She had said to me afterwards, why don't we look at something like this for your final year paper, for your thesis? Um, because there was a gap in the research. And so through a lot of back and forth between myself and Siobhan, we came up with this title to try and look at whether stammering was a barrier to participation in exercise and sport. Um, so over the next few months and weeks, We developed a questionnaire and got it validated and issued it, collected our data, analysed it. And then over the last year, myself, Dr. Sivana O'Connor, Professor Kieran Moran and Dr. Enda White, we have written up this paper and just had it published in the Journal of Fluency Disorders.
0: Oh, my God. That's absolutely amazing. (laughs) And, And how have you found... like? Did the research surprise you, or like, were, were you expecting the combat, like the re, re, re response? Like, what what aspects were, were you surprised about?
1: I suppose I was in a unique position with it that I was conducting this research, but also that I stammer, and I suppose I had that empathy towards the participants who were going to be involved. But really what we found, so the main aim of this was to identify if stammering prevented people from taking part in sport or exercise. And we found that stammering didn't impact general participation, but it did impact specific aspects of exercise. So I think it was 49% of people said that their stammer prevented them from taking part in exercise at least once. And I think 42% said that it negatively affected. So we looked at the types oh. of exercise or the aspects of exercise that were impacted. And typically it was stuff to do with social interaction. So things like having to join a new team or like sign up for a gym membership or like take on a leadership role, All these things were negatively impacted and they prevented people from, from taking part in exercise.
0: That's so interesting. And like mm. when you think about it, like, I guess, like, joining teams, like, some people, like, with a sport, like, like you don't really think of, like, the sports side side of staring, like, mm. quite, quite that big, but when you think about it and, like, when you break it down for, like, joining a gym membership or, or like, working with mm. a personal trainer or, like, joining a football team or yeah. you are talking, like, you are talking quite a lot and sometimes in when there's sport like it can be quite well quite pressured like Mm. sometimes pressure can cause you stammer more and like some some sports require lots of communication whilst playing the sport yeah and so whether your job now is so so is that related to like stammering or like to your research so what what are you doing now for your for your job
1: so at the minute, the research I'm doing is, is, is different to this paper. So what I'm looking at now is looking at running injuries and the biomechanics of that. So how people how people move and risk factors for running injuries. And um, so it's quite different to this. Um, but this was really interesting, I suppose, because I had that personal connection with it. And that's what really yeah. what, what really drove it and what inspired it kind of to, yeah, to, to start.
0: And then once you published the the paper, did you mm-hmm. get l- lots of responses back from it? Like, why, so what was your response back from posting it?
1: Um, We've had some responses, I suppose, like with anything and with this, you, you know, you want people to read it and to to look at the research you did and look at your conclusions. And then what does what does it mean going forward? So really when we we asked participants would anything make their participation in exercise or sport easier two main things came out of it one they thought that by self-disclosing about their stammer would help or increased awareness of the general public or of staff or of their teammates these two things would would help and would I suppose improve their engagement with exercise Um. So with this, you kind of hope to that that would carry on, and you know the public would become more aware, or people would be encouraged to disclose their stammer to make their involvement easier.
0: Yeah, and um, I guess yeah, like I've I've never really thought of this aspect before, and like mm. now, like now you talk about it like the more I think like I, I am not as the people who know me who are listening to this, I am not a sporty <laughs> person at all and but like thinking about it, like if I was joining a team like would I disclose like so so, so I disclose my damage like my job like mm. to everyone basically who, who I come across even if I need to but I'm thinking would I disclose my stamina if, if like I joined a club or maybe not to a gym but mm. doing the application like if I had a personal trainer, would I say I have a stamina. But but I'm not sure if I would feel like I would need to in, in like a sporting environment. But I guess mm. maybe maybe yeah, I would when I think about it because mm-hmm. like the pressure or like the lots of communication aspect. But, like, stammering is such a huge topic, but at the same time it's not spoken about. And, but this also means that there's also like a semi-blank canvas for people people to share their stories, but also get the word out and change the negative stigma to a positive sti- stigma, but also change the pity side of stammering mm. to, like a, to, like, a positive side. What do you think the biggest misconception is about stammering?
1: I think I think people aren't aware of it enough. I think there's not yeah. enough awareness of it. And I think people don't understand the impact it has. I think if you don't stammer, you don't grasp how much it impacts you. And it's literally every situation and every moment that you're 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 thinking about it or you're trying like how I was like you're trying to avoid it or you're trying to escape and get out of situations or change words or not say this word because you're going to stammer and people aren't aware that it's it's constant and it's all consuming and so I think increasing the awareness of it is is massive and I think um I had I had a perception that people would think I was incompetent and I think that's important to be aware of that, you know, just because I didn't want to read in class didn't mean I couldn't read, you know, and you have that perception that people might think you're, you're, you're incompetent or you're not able to do something just because you might stammer, but that's not the case, you know.
0: <laughs> and is, so sorry, hey, um, sorry Paul, part for role What I'm doing now is is trying to get stammering spoken out within the public eye, so the media, so TV, radio, print, trying to get it spoken out to the public eye. Mm. What's the coverage like over like with you? Like, do 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 they share stories of people with a stammer, or like is it quite hard to find a story or someone with a stammer in the news where you are?
1: I don't I don't think so. I mean, you know, there's people there was a few people on the radio yesterday because of International Stammering Awareness Day or, you know, people have been interviewed on talk shows and on on radio shows about it. So it's not it's not not talked about, you know, but it's not the the most common thing talked about either. But, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, when like Stammer, a UK charity over here, they're doing a big campaign at the minute to get Stammering out but being sort of being being represented more in like the media without Stammering being the main focus mm. of that person and I, I was talking to someone from my from PR team at Bell PR Charlotte Tobin was saying why do you think that stammering's not really represented and like when it is, it's always the severe side of stammering, like it's never yeah. or like, like it's never like like a stammer like mine or yours, like it's never like a semi stammer, like it's always a, either a very severe stammer or not when when when, when but I was just saying that sometimes they they feel like they need to go the one extreme, the yeah. other extreme and but do you find about like when you see a movie or like a tv show of someone with a stammer it's normally a, a very severe stammer compared to like a sort of mild or like a covert stammer
1: mm, definitely it's always it's always the physical overt stammering that's that's portrayed and I think that's important as well for people to be mindful of that people probably don't know there are there are different types of stammering and they're not aware of the covert side. And, yeah. you know, people would have always said to me, oh, sure, I didn't know you stammered, or, oh, sure, your stammer isn't that bad. But, like, that's not how I, how, that wasn't my experience of it, you know?
0: Yeah, True. Sure. And so how have you found the, the pandemic for your stammer? has your stamina been been affected by it?
1: I think so. I think, you know, obviously you're just, there's fewer social and speaking situations. So I think it has probably negatively affected mine. I'd be quite social and, you know, always looking to talk and to go out and to meet people and stuff. And you just have fewer of those opportunities. So I think, yeah, it did affect it. Um, I mean, there's uh, there's only so much you can do on Zoom and remotely, but that in-person social um side definitely the 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 lacking of that has has affected it. Yeah.
0: And how like how has your stamina been like doing a Zoom call compared to like a in-person conversation? When is your so would you say you're more sort of comfortable with your stamina on like hey a Teams or Zoom call and you're sort of thinking about it less than if you're having a in-person meeting or presentation?
1: Mm. Mm. I think it's harder on Zoom to be honest I had to do we finished my last semester was uh, just when Covid had started so we finished my last semester um, from home and I remember I had to do do another presentation (laughs) and (laughs) had to do it for my class and everyone had their cameras off and i couldn't see anyone and i felt like i was just talking into a void and there was no i got no response or no feedback and i found it really really hard and i felt like i i i stammered a lot with that whereas yes. at least in person you know you can read people's facial expressions and bounce off them whereas with with zoom and if there's no cameras on there's there's none of that
0: like i like it's so weird because like i my stammer some reason like when I do a zoom call to like so if it's, it's, it's a zoom call with talking to like 15 20 people like for some reason my brain thinks oh that's nothing like 15 or 20 p- people however doing that chat in front of 15 or 20 people would be like um like some reason I, I don't yeah. feel at, as nervous Don't like, talking in front of bigger people and mm. so a few months ago like I had my first Live TV studio recording, and then, um, then, then then because I hadn't done it in person one before, and I was so so nervous because but I'm like, why am I nervous? when I'm talking about my stammer, I was like, mm. what? Uh, but it was just so weird how like how the cameras and like actually being next to your presenters because when you talk to them on like Zoom, you can't see the presenters. that these the you can see how they gate like like you said, you can see how people are reacting mm. and can sense people's room. And I think when people present like you're looking at your, who you're talking to, but I think we look at who we're talking to for two things. We're looking to talk to them for a presentation, but also how they're reacting to our stammer. Yeah, And that side of it, I've never really spoken about it before on this podcast, but I've got mm-hmm. one question for you that I don't prep my guests with. So it's a... What topic when you think of someone famous who's done it, who do you think of
1: i now i would think you mightn't uh know her but her name is katie walsh uh, so rube she's a jockey oh,
0: okay. and
1: and she's irish oh. but she she has done the maguire program and she was interviewed on the late late show so it's a talk show here and i before i joined the program i watched her interview and her interview on the late late show, and I thought she spoke so well, and she was so articulate, and so that that's my first kind of uh, my first reaction. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow, L- like like it's so fascinating. It's like hearing so many different like people say different names. So by yesterday was a so for people who didn't see the news on 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 International Stamming Awareness Day, um, mm-hmm. B- BBC announced that. You know, Ed Sheeran's doing a CBBS uh, bedtime story, which is mm. a sort of story for young people about stammering, because he has a stammer, and it's the first time probably oh. that he's ever done stuff with stammering, uh, and it was a great way to start International Stammering Awareness Day. with Ed Sheeran announced that like, he's doing a book about stammering. Wow, um, God, which is so exciting for the stammering community. Yeah, it's
1: that's so huge. Fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the coverage
0: was insane as well
1: yeah yeah there was a there was i was listening to some of an interview here on for on yesterday i think for international slamming awareness day but they were speaking about uh, joe biden and how they you know how much he has done for it and
0: bringing
1: bringing awareness to it yeah Mm.
0: but but like it is really exciting to see how many people are now wanting to talk about it but i think this has given like it's the stammering topic so much more. I so I think people are now starting to realise that it's a very interesting topic, mm-hmm. and then it's not just people not being able to speak properly, it's about the like the sort of medical uh, the aspect, of, like the health side of it, and like how stammering actually works and how every stammer is different. So, to round up this episode, I, I've got one last question for mm-hmm. you. Would you... Mm, was that was, was the wrong question? Mm-hmm. So, to round up this this lovely episode, I've got one, question, one last question for you. If you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and someone who doesn't stammer, what would they be?
1: Um I think for people who stammer I think it I think it's good to be to be aware that people people will wait for you and I think ultimately people are kind and they're going to wait for you so just say what you have to say I think <laughs> um because yeah. they'll wait and they'll listen you know they'll listen to you um I think I think it's 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 hard when when you hear a stammer has has held someone back or has prevented people from doing stuff. So I think like even from our study here, like getting involved in exercise is a very simple thing and playing a sport or whatever. So don't let it hold you back or don't let it stop you doing stuff because you know it's not it's not worth that. Um and I think for people who don't stammer, I think it uh I think just be just be patient and be kind to people um and be mindful and be aware of it that it is that it is a you know a big burden and just yeah be aware of it I think
0: perfect well thank you so much for joining me today it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you but also your research is absolutely fascinating so thank you for, for sharing more uh, background behind it. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much, Will. Uh, no, you're very That's good. Nice. For, yeah, for everything, all your, um, the work that you're doing and creating all your awareness, you're, you're, you're very good.
0: <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much to the listeners for joining us today. And as I've mentioned before, we've got some really exciting guests coming on and I'm so excited to see the podcast grow. So, so it would be great if you could follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we post all our exciting updates and facts. See you next time in two weeks. Thanks. Bye.